Welcome to the podcast of Euless First United Methodist Church. Thank you for listening. We would love to have you worship with us in person. These messages come from our worship services, Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11. We worship at 106 North Main Street in Euless, between Airport Freeway and Highway 10. May you feel the presence of God, and may God bless you as you listen. Please pray with me. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, because you and you only, God, are our strength and our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So what do you want to be when you grow up? You don't have to shout your answers out, but um, I want to encourage you for yourself to write some down and take them home. Because some of you might be thinking, man, I grew up a long time ago. Interestingly, some of you who might be thinking that now have told me and other people in conversations recently that you don't feel as grown up as maybe your age says you ought to. So I invite you again, for your own sake and for the sake of following Jesus, what do you want to be when you grow up? I also say that because um, in this morning's Old Testament reading, I'm sure you caught this when Carol read it, it's God's, see I want to make it the original call of God on Abram's life, but we don't know for sure that God had never spoken to Abram before because it seems to me anyway that coming to somebody out of the blue never talked to you before, and the first thing a God asks you is, okay, leave everything about the life you know and follow me to a place you've never been, and oh, I'm going to bless you. It seems maybe a little audacious and certainly beyond our faith's grasp to think that you would say to such a God on your first visit, okay, let's go. Now, maybe you would, but I invite you to be careful answering that question that way because I'm going to talk for the rest of this time and invite you to consider seriously how God is calling you. And honestly, most of our responses, not yet. I'm not there yet. Thank you. Most of our responses when we're confronted with Abraham's call is, or Abram's call is, oh man, if that's what God's about, leave me alone, God. Or, I'm no Abram. So, which is why we read all the way through verse 4, because you saw how this passage ended. After all that God called Abram to do, then the writer tells us Abram was 75 years old when this happened. Not all of us in this room have reached 75. So that kind of call could still be out there if you're using that as a, a legalistic God, I'm over 75. You can't call me to do that. So I add this because later in his life, Abram got the kind of call that God said, okay, I'm going to call you Abraham now instead of Abram, and your name will be Abraham instead of Abram because you're going to be the ancestor of many because God still hadn't given him the son that God had promised until Abraham was 99. So Abraham got another new start at the age of 99, and you're all under 99. So we all want to be aware that God is still calling us. And if you're concerned, I don't have the kind of faith Abraham or Abram had. God, God, you can't call me to do that, or I'm not listening if God's calling me to do that. I want to assure you now of what Willie wanted you to know already, that this, 
that God doesn't call the qualified, God qualifies the called. I've heard many other people say that. I think our only leader, Alan Moffat, has said this aloud. I think so because I, I fully believe this. God doesn't look for people that are able to do what God has for them to do. But whatever God has for you to do, God makes you able to do. That's how this God works. Because our God, you remember, is, is not a distant, standoffish, barking down orders God. Our God is close enough to call. Close enough to call. And, and there weren't phones, you know, in the days of Abraham. So God's call was something that was experienced up close and personal, which fits with what we get about God. Because remember, in the story of how this all started in Genesis chapter 1, God formed the first humans and breathed life into them. And you have to be close to breathe on somebody, which is kind of a difficult image to use right now, I understand, because nobody wants anybody to breathe on them. I promise God does not have COVID-19. So God is calling you which means God is close enough to you to, to breathe on you, to breathe into you. And that breath that God breathed into the humans, that I believe God has breathed in every one of us, the same word for breath is the word for spirit. So God's spirit is that close to us, close enough to call us, close enough to qualify us for whatever God calls us to do and to be. But you have this sense that that's true. Because we as followers of Jesus have this sense that's been put in different ways over the centuries that, that God is that close, not just to us, but to everybody, that there's something about God that is available to everybody, that there's something about God that everybody is within reach of. So just a few ways that this has been put over the history of, of our faith. Um, the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 17, he's in Athens and he's visiting with the people of Athens, most of whom are not Jewish, and says, okay, Paul, Luke writes about Paul. The Paul stood up in the middle of the council on Mars Hill and said, people of Athens, I see that you are very religious in every way. As I was walking through town and carefully observing your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. So Paul took that and said, what you worship as unknown, I now proclaim to you. And St. Augustine built on that just about 400 years later with these words, his prayer to God, that God, you have made us for yourself, Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. The, the restlessness that we believe people feel and that we have all from time to time felt is some of our feeling disconnected and maybe distant from God. And we are restless, as is everyone else in our understanding, until we find rest in God. Quite a bit, way closer to our day than to St. Augustine's day. Blaise Pascal put it this way. He said, there's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. So I find it helpful to think of God's call in our lives generally in the abstract as fulfilling Paul's and Augustine's and Pascal's expressing that there's sense in which God is close to every one of us. There's, there's this restlessness that 
only finds rest in God. There's a, a God-shaped vacuum in us that only God can fill. I, I, think that's, I think that's what drew Nicodemus to Jesus at night. John 3 tells us Nicodemus was a leader of the Jews. He was a Pharisee, and he came to Jesus at night because for at least the foreseeable future of the rest of Jesus' life, Nicodemus was kind of a secret follower of Jesus. But he couldn't not come to Jesus. There was something that drew him to him. There's something about Jesus that attracted Nicodemus to him. So I invite you to consider as you wonder about your calling today, what is it that attracts Jesus, attracts you to Jesus? What is it over the life, your lifespan that has most attracted you to Jesus? And I think that's helpful to know because if we're to let our light shine for the world around us, if we're to help other people know how God is calling them to connect with how close God is to them, it does us well to identify what it is about Jesus that attracts us so strongly, that attracts us strongly enough to be on time in worship on Time Change Sunday. That means something has attracted you to Jesus. And so what attracted Nicodemus to Jesus drew him there into this conversation. And the conversation we get there is a personal one between Nicodemus and Jesus. But John shares it in the gospel because it can be helpful to us. One, to know that there's something about Jesus that attracts everybody and that Jesus then interacts in a very personal way that is appropriate and whatever is needed by the person drawn. And in, in Nicodemus' case, it's all this language of, of in the Common English Bible, um, being born anew. In the King James Version that I was raised on, it was being born again. And I encountered this language in the late 70s, so towards the end of the born again movement. And honestly, I, I felt a little betrayed by the church in which I was raised when I read that for myself and said, wow, Jesus said you have to be born again. And I'd heard people saying that, but I hadn't heard my church saying that. And I realized sometime after that that Jesus said that to Nicodemus and the, the being born again, the being born anew imagery was exactly the way Nicodemus needed to hear it. But just because Jesus said that to Nicodemus doesn't mean that is the model for everybody. And part of the way I realized that is the scriptures include exactly one occurrence of Jesus saying to one person, you must be born again. At the same time, the scriptures include exactly one occurrence of Jesus saying to one person, you must sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And why is it, church, that some of us focus so incredibly on you must be born again and seem to be totally fine with finding all kinds of reasons why you don't have to sell everything you have and give it to the poor? Well, because in some cases, especially if they affect our material possessions, we're more likely to, to say, well, you know, Jesus said that the one guy in that circumstances were specific and particular to him. Absolutely, they were. Every one of us has his or her own set of specific particular particularities. And Jesus will meet us wherever Jesus needs to meet us. So whatever it is that attracts you to Jesus, Jesus will meet you there. And Jesus will call you. And while I will allow and agree, because I'm not sure if I'm ready for my calling to be, give up everything that you've known and follow me to a place you've never been or heard of, because we're not all Abram and we're not all Abraham, 
I think there's a crucial part of Abraham's call. I'm sorry, Abram's call that every one of us shares that is a part of every one of our calls. In verse 3, God says to Abram, I will bless those who bless you. Those who curse you, I will curse. All the families of earth will be blessed because of you. I fully and deeply believe that whatever specifics your call or my call or our calls as a congregation include, they include being part of God's intent to bless all the families of the earth. Now, exactly how yours bears that out and exactly how mine bears that out are going to be joyfully discovered because we don't know them all yet. So how is God calling you? What is God calling you to do and to be as we all share in being a part of, of God's desire to bless all the families of the earth? Part of our call as followers of Jesus, as part of this congregation, is to welcome people into our presence. So whatever else your call is, those of you that were here last Sunday, especially at the second service, I want to bless and encourage you for answering God's call in your life to welcome guests. We had 10 to 12 guests, first-time guests, in our worship service last Sunday at 11 o'clock. And at the end of the worship service, when I was standing over there, awkwardly wondering if I was going to shake people's hands or fist bump or elbow bump or what, I saw surrounding, loosely surrounding, all of our first-time guests, people in conversation with them. She's a beautiful sight. I cannot tell you how beautiful it is as a pastor to see people being welcomed to the congregation. And I know that's pushing at some people's comfort areas. And I'm not telling you that God is calling you, especially if you're a major introvert, I am not telling you that God is calling you to be in the face, pretending to be happy talking to a new stranger. But part of our calling as people that gather here to experience God's presence and to feel our lives and spirits lifted by God's presence so that we can be a part of God's call to bless all the earth, it is part of our calling to at least share that joy in some way with somebody else, especially people that are here visiting, because it's hard in 2020 to be a first-time guest to a church. You may have going through your mind when you're a first-time guest, oh, what's going to happen? Are these gonna be people going to be all over me like they want all my contact information? Are they going to ask me for money? Are they going to ignore me and pretend I'm not even there? Are they going to know that I'm here because, and then you fill in the list of whatever's going on in your life to get you into church that Sunday morning? They don't know, but first-time guests to any church are taking a huge chance. And so it's part of our call as people who are already here to help them feel welcome as best we can. Now, exactly how God is calling you goes way beyond what you do in church on Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night. How God is calling you, what God is calling you to do, what God is calling you to be involves maybe you're the person in your office or in your school or in the store that you're in to let your light shine when people feel like they're surrounded by a cloud of darkness. I don't know the specifics 
of God's call on your life. But God does, and God wants you to as well. So if you have some sense of God calling you, I invite you to open yourself more fully to that and let God lead you. If you don't have any sense, ask God how God might be calling you. If you're worried that God is calling you to leave everything that you know and go someplace else, God believes you can do that. I dare say that God might have a sense that maybe you're one of very few people that can do that. So I don't think God calls very many people to that, but God calls every one of us. God gets close enough to breathe on us and fill us and call us. How is God calling you today? Please pray with me. God, we are grateful that you are close enough to us to breathe on us, to breathe life, to breathe spirit into us, to invite each of us individually and us as a church collectively to be a part of what you are doing to bless all the families of the earth. At the earth level, God, it seems really intimidating, but help us to hear your call on each of us because very few of us will have individual calls that will affect the earth level of thinking, but every one of our calls will affect people in proximity and help them to know that you intend to bless them. So we give ourselves to you. Help us hear your call. In Jesus' name.